This is Entrepreneurs Get Visible, the podcast for people who want more impact, influence, and income. I'm Anna Parker-Naples, and I'll be sharing with you proven methods from leading entrepreneurs that help you get visible as an authority in your field. Because anything's possible when you get visible. I'm excited about today's episode because I came across this lady online in many ways that people come into my world online. And we we kind of met and we decided we'd have a bit of a chat and see if we'd be a good fit for me to go on Tiffany's podcast. And then now after speaking to her, I knew within just a few minutes that I had to bring her onto this show to talk to you all about her incredible story and why it's important to be brave. So ladies and gentlemen, I'd love for you to meet someone who has become really quite special to me in just the few times that we've spoken. I feel like I've made a nice friend across across the waves, across the oceans. I want you to meet Tiffany Johnson. Hey, Tiffany. Oh, hi, Anna. I'm so excited to be here and I feel the same way. It's very serendipitous. Yeah, absolutely. So Tiffany and I met in a Facebook group for female entrepreneurs and obviously we both are in, in these worlds. And I knew that Tiffany was an author, but I didn't know much more about her other than that her pot. She also had a podcast, which was called When We Are Brave. And we decided that we would have a bit of a, a chat. So we met online and Tiffany, you are in Australia and obviously I am in the UK. So there were some timing issues there. And in that conversation, we realized there was just lots of parallels about things that we both experienced in our younger years. And we had both chosen to be brave and put them into a book, the journey to ourselves, the journey to what we're doing now. I knew that I definitely wanted to bring Tiffany onto this show. So Tiffany, just introduce yourself a little bit to my listeners, a little bit about why we're talking, why you got that book out there, why it's important to be brave. Believing in yourself is the most fundamentally important thing I think all of us can do in our life to have success in our life. And about 20 years ago, 21 years ago, next month it will be, I was a survivor of a international disaster, which was the Swiss canyoning disaster, where I got swept away in a flash flood. And about three years ago, I decided that it was time to share my story. And it took me that long to actually get the courage, to get the bravery to tell anyone, even my parents. I'd never even really told my parents what actually happened. The journey towards getting into Switzerland to being traveling across the globe, the relationship I had beforehand and why I had decided that I really needed to find who I was. And it took an enormous amount of guts and determination, but I really did listen to my intuition because I felt that it was right. And it has led me to this incredible new world of online supporting people, empowering people to believe in themselves, to be brave, to take those first steps into whatever it is that they want to be. So whatever bravery looks like to you. I don't think of bravery as being something where you're wearing medals or you're a soldier in battle. Those people are obviously very, very brave. But for some people, just getting out of bed every day is brave. And I think that we all need to acknowledge that more. So I just want to, to take you back to give a little bit more context to the listeners. So in your in your early 20s, you're traveling around Europe because you wanted to get away from the life that you weren't happy with, really, in your early 20s. And then you were part of the biggest disaster in Switzerland that had happened. And also there were more Australians that died 
on foreign soil than there had been since the Second World War. So we're talking about a huge natural catastrophe. There was some man-made errors as a result of that. Yep. But what really struck me is that so you've written this book, Brave Enough Now, and it's a way to kind of document what happened in that disaster from a personal perspective. But what struck me when I read it, and there were a couple of things, bearing in mind I didn't know your story, is that the very first thing you said to me, I was involved in a disaster in the Swiss Alps and I was in my early 20s. And I I remember saying to you, oh my gosh, what month was that? Now that's kind of an unusual response to give when someone's talking about a national disaster where people died. because And the reason that that really hit me was because I was actually, at the time, so many parallels. I, in my early 20s, on exactly the same timeline as Tiffany, I was running away from myself, running away from an unhappy relationship. And I was touring initially in Australia. And then I was in the Alps in Austria. And at the end of the Austrian season, I had actually booked to go on a three-week training camp in the Swiss Alps with all of the Austrians that I'd come to know and love to train how to be a really advanced high-level ski instructor. And for whatever reason, I didn't go. I paid thousands of pounds to go. And many of my, they weren't close friends. I hadn't traveled. We didn't have the same relationships that you you experienced, but they died. Everybody in that avalanche died. So I remember when I met you and realized that your story about what happened for you in Switzerland, I remember thinking, oh my God. And it took me back to so many things that happened and why I was running away in the first place and what was going on for me. And then I went on to read your book after we'd spoken. I was just like, I have to. And actually, my husband's read it as well now. And he went and did loads of research about the whole thing. So he now is like the expert on what happened in in that disaster that you were part of. But what really struck me about that book that I didn't know was coming was how you shared how you really felt about yourself in your early 20s in the run-up before all of that happened, before that. And it really struck a chord with me, really struck a chord. It's the reason the similarities in your story were why I was running away, why I was trying to find myself on the other side of the planet and that that didn't actually happen. And I I said to you, I sat and I read your book in something like five hours straight. I was supposed to be doing loads of home decoration that day. And I just said, I can't. I'm on the sofa in my PJs and I'm reading this book till I'm done. And I just, I sobbed and I wept and I reached out to you and I just said like, this has, this has healed me. This has moved me. You know, that's the most, the biggest compliment that you could give me. You know, and it's so many people, I think when they're taking those first steps into adulthood and those late teens, early 20s, it's such a confusing time for so many people. You think that everything's going to work out, that you're invincible, that you're going to find love. You have all these expectations of what the world will look like. And I think a lot of people really struggle through those years and we don't often share how those steps moving forward into adulthood really set us up for later in life. And I know that writing that book was very cathartic, but I did write it in hope that it would help other people make positive changes to their own lives. And it's doing that. And that's that's just so amazing. That is the power of getting your story out there, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And what I went through I always wondered when I wrote the book, would people actually be able to connect with someone who'd been washed away in a flash flood? I don't know if anyone's seen the movie The Impossible, which is about the tsunami, but it was very similar to that in the rapids. And 
I went over three massive waterfalls. I thought I was going to die. I had a broken leg, was split in half, my tibia from my ankle to my knee. I'm a type 1 diabetic. My pancreas got damaged. I had four broken ribs, a dislocated jaw, which I've since had surgery on. I had PTSD and survivor's guilt, soft tissue damage to both of my legs. I've had lifelong complications from the injuries what it's also given me has been this incredible zest for life. Mm-hmm. And I just, every single day, am so grateful because I was almost not here. And any, even now, like with my diabetes, I've had many, many moments in my life where I've almost not been here. And I just am so grateful. And I feel that I've got so much to share with people that they can really believe in that authentic self, because it was in that moment, the day before the accident, I don't think it would have been as powerful. It was the first time I'd been to the snow. I know you're laughing because you're like a skier, but <laughs> uh, I had never seen snow. And as you read it in the book, I it was this amazing sense of self-love and it was so liberating and so wonderful for me to actually believe that I could do anything. Because before that, I had self-doubt, I had anxiety, I'd had anorexia, I'd had shame, I'd had all of these other mental health things going on. And I think so many young people have those different situations. And they're hidden. They're so often hidden. We don't talk about them. We're so ashamed that that's what we're experiencing, that we don't get the help. That's right. And so I think that it was having that connection with people that would read it, that would be able to connect with all of those moments where I shared that vulnerability. And that was pretty hard to do that, but so incredibly rewarding that I knew that people would be able to connect with the whole story because I did show and bear my soul to the world. And it's, it's raw. It's raw to be able to do that. And I know when I published my book, knowing that I was putting some of the uglier parts of me and how I see or saw myself... That takes bravery and it takes guts and it takes courage. What has been the impact of getting that book out there for you? My entire life has changed. So I've done, last year I was in a massive car accident and I was running my own business for the last eight years and I was told that I couldn't do that work anymore. I was a remedial massage therapist and did Reiki and a lot of energy healing and a lot of energy work. And so I had started writing my book and I thought, well, I'm just going to throw myself all in because I can't run my business anymore. And my entire world has changed and it has changed for the better and it's so rewarding. So I have my podcast, I have my book and I'm having people comment and send me messages and tell me how much it's made an impact on their life. And to know that you're really making a difference through sharing your story and that someone else has made a change in their life for the better is the biggest gift that I could ever have imagined. And you've had quite a lot of support from the Australian government regarding your book. Yes, I have. It's going to be made now into, it's going to be dramatised. Yes. So can you talk about that yet or not really? No. (laughs) No, she can't. I'm not supposed to say that on air. But but Tiffany's story and the incredible events that happened have kind of really captured people's imagination. And I think for me, it's, it's that I'd known with my book for a long time that I had something I wanted to share. And it was having that bravery to put it out there against all odds, against what people would think, against what it would mean to become an author. 
And I see that in your writing and your decision to get this story out there as well. And I think that's kind of where, I don't know, there's just some real resonance between us. What has been, so tell me about some of the people who've reached out to you as a result of you sharing some of the, the vulnerabilities about you in your early 20s. What, what, what has that been like and what has that given you? Oh, there's a couple of people that come to mind in particular. Last year, there was the 20th anniversary of the Swiss Canyoning disaster and there was an international memorial event held at the Saxton Buck Gorge. There's actually a, f- a permanent structure that is there that is a memorial site and it has a massive big pin board and there are images of people who perished on that terrible day and there are flags and of all the different countries and the people from where they were from. And at that memorial event, there were a lot of family members who had lost loved ones There was also the former Prime Minister of Switzerland who remembered me. I'd had letters from the Governor-General from Australia. I had contact with the consulate and a whole bunch of massive dignitaries from all across the world were at this memorial event. And so many of the family members came to me and just said thank you. And my story is my story. I've written it totally from my own point of view and I share what happened to me and absolutely nobody else because that's their story to be told. And we all have our own stories, even though we might have experienced similar situations or been in the same events. We have our own version of events. And knowing that I'd had that massive impact on those families and helped them with their own closure, that was something that I probably wasn't expecting and it was very, very moving. I've had elderly women who have been in their 70s and 80s who have reached out to me and said, thank you so much because you've given me a voice that I've always wanted. Like one woman was 88 years old and I was like, I was that, that was at a, an event where I was the keynote speaker for that event and she came up to me afterwards and I was crying afterwards because it just, it just meant, meant so much to me. She'd lost her daughter and she'd had a terrible few things happen to her in her life and she felt that now she could really live again at 88. <laughs> you imagine like, wow. feeling that way all that time. All your life. So to know that, yeah, that I've made that sort of a difference to people and young teenagers, I was speaking at a massive big event. This was before COVID, obviously. And it was where 350 of Australia's up and coming female leaders were at this particular event. And there was about 17, 18 year old girls and they were coming up to me at the end and hugging me and like were ready to take their life and their dreams and listen to their intuition and not to feel scared and not to feel intimidated by what other people were going to think. And it's just so, so empowering for me. And to know that I'm having that sort of an impact on others. It's... That was one of the things that spoke to me in your book, actually, was the, the amount of times you didn't trust your intuition. You didn't heed the warning signs. And I can remember being like that in my, particularly between, I guess, age 19 to 22, wasn't listening to the warning signs, wasn't getting out of relationships or was getting into relationships that I already knew were going to be not good in order to fit in, in order to be loved, in order to be accepted and putting myself sense in Sense of situ- belonging, all that stuff. Sense of belonging. Yeah. I can, my parents don't know this. I hope they don't listen to this episode. I can remember <laughs> being in Australia and hitchhiking to my job 
and I would do it daily and it would make me feel sick, but that's what all the other young people around me were doing. Mm. And I can remember actually, you know how sometimes synchronistic things can happen. I happened to pick up, I happened to pick up this, but it's always about books with me. Happened to pick up this random book that was some sci-fi thing. And there happened to be a passage in it about hitchhiking. And I can remember thinking that message is meant for me it's right here <laughs> in Australia. In, I was in Jindabai and I was, li- I was w- living in Jindabai oh. and working in Threadbow. I yeah. am meant to hear this because I am never, ever supposed to hitchhike <laughs> ever again. We used to hitchhike wearing ski gear. It was so weird. But, and that's one of the things when I read your book as well intuition as I as I got older and I let myself listen to what I really wanted and what those messages were coming through and listening in my belly when something was really warning me like don't do this one of the books then that really made a difference to me was The Alchemist and I had I had a Mm. boyfriend who was living in New Zealand I was in Australia he sent me a copy a battered copy of The Alchemist and that book if none of you have read it is written through almost like poetry and Mm. lots of analogy and when you put in your book that that book had made a difference was- to you in your early twenties, <laughs> I was like, "These parallels are just too weird." That this could too even. Much. <laughs> so Tiffany, you had picked up a copy of The Alchemist somewhere in London. Yes, it could even be the same copy. It could have been. It was battered and bruised, <laughs> and it had so many, so many tattered edges and dog ears, and it was very loved, but. It was an amazing, amazing experience. That book was almost about coming home to yourself. Yeah, it was. And that was the journey that I was on. So tell me in what ways you have, through getting this book out there, through telling your story, you've come back to yourself. It's also opened up a whole can of worms for me as well. I think that, and seeing as I've, you know, being the woman that talking about being brave and being vulnerable, I've definitely learned so many new things about myself it's really taught me on my journey. You know, we're all on this journey and I've always had that intuition within me and I really didn't listen to it then, but I absolutely 110% listen to it now. And I think it's that journey is something that you go through probably till the day you die. But I really take note of the lessons that I've learned and Mm -hmm. it's things like, so just before tonight on the podcast at about 8.30, so it's 9.30 p.m. here, and I just finished a webinar and I was like, oh, I need to clear my head and hey, get ready. I'll talk to Anna in half an hour. I'll go for a walk up the street. And so my husband and I went for a quick walk and it's freezing cold. It's about five degrees. <laughs> Put on all the layers. I, I'm sweating like a pig here. It's boiling. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's freezing. The heat is on football. And, um, and I looked up at the sky and this is something that I've definitely, I, I do this all the time. It drives everyone I know crazy. But I was like, my husband was mid-sentence. I was like, oh, look at that. Look at how the moon is shining on the clouds. And I'm like fully in that moment and I'm fully present and I'm appreciating that moment and the blessing of seeing the moon shining on those clouds. And I am more and more try to do that constantly is be living in the moment and being appreciative for, for what there is and being brave in and acknowledging my feelings. And I think the one of the other biggest things that, has happened on this new path since writing the book is to really even more so be open and vulnerable and increase my ability to communicate with other people and to share my message, but also with people like my family and my friends and within the community that I'm within. So I really work very, very hard on making sure that whatever it is that I'm having a conversation about is clear 
and that people can understand it. And I think that's probably the, one of the biggest things that I've personally learned in becoming an author. So many of the people who are listening, many of my listeners have books inside them. And having been in, I know I've got many more books to come inside me. For someone who has a story they need to tell that has a personal element to it, what would be your advice to them? You need to believe in yourself because when you truly believe in yourself, magic comes your way and it spreads like wildfire for others to join in. And whether that's through the written word or sharing your story on a podcast or doing something small like starting a blog or going onto Facebook and doing like a longer post and seeing what sort of a reaction you get, but just truly believing in yourself. And when you know you're on the right path, that's when everything will be in flow and your intuition will keep moving with you and you'll get messages from the universe if you believe in that sort of thing or you'll you'll just know, you'll have that knowing. And I remember the moment when I knew that I had to get my story out. When I first came back from Switzerland, I'd started writing my story, but it was so hard and so raw. I just mm. could not bring myself to do it. And then three years ago, my mother got breast cancer. She was in the hospital and she was having surgery. And it was the first time I'd been outside. I went outside to get some fresh air and it was a beautiful sunny day. And it was actually on the same date of what the date of the anniversary is, the 27th of July. And I sat in the sun and I was looking up at these beautiful palm trees in the sky and I just went, I have to write my book. I have to write my book. There's all these people in this hospital. There's probably people in there that could be dying right at this second. And if I don't write this book, I don't want to die having never shared my story. And I think that's when you really know. And so I just started writing it. And you might start writing it if you do have that story inside of you and you do start writing it and you read it back to yourself and you think, oh, my God, <laughs> cringe, I can't, I can't bear it. Delete, start again. Because as long as you start and you make those first steps and you know that you're in flow and you believe in yourself, you are on a winner. I think that that's tremendous advice. And, and for me, and having, having got my story or parts of my story out there, it's such an epic journey to get it down on the page. And then it's yeah. an even bigger hurdle when it's published. The yeah. amounts of pride, fear, adrenaline, <laughs> relief, joy, awkwardness, because you don't know if anyone's going to like it. It's all wrapped up in that story. But, and this is something that I know, I know sentiment you share, Tiffany, that for me, getting my story out there, if the way that I told my story could change one person, then it was worth writing. Yeah. And I think that came really, really through in your writing. And that, you know, there is a catharsis for the self in writing your own story and not in an egotistical kind of way, but knowing that there's been some purpose behind the hardship that you've experienced yeah and lessons and I think like you now I there's lessons to learn from the hard things we went through from the way we saw things back then from the way we process things back then so when you now think about how challenging you found that early adulthood and how kind of lost you were what advice mm. would you give to your younger self oh that's such a good question Anna Thank I've you. often thought about <laughs> this <laughs> Oh, you know what? I Or did she have to go through it? Did she have to go well, through it? She did. She had to go through it to be who she is today. But I think what I would also say to her is that don't feel ashamed of who you are. Don't hide. Don't hide who you are because you are special and you are unique and you are worthy and all of your gifts and talents are 
important to this world and will make a difference and you will make a difference and you'll make a difference to yourself and you will make a difference to your wider community, to the world, whoever it is that you choose to be. So don't feel scared or ashamed. Don't don't hold on to that shame because I think so many young people, it could be even something really tiny and small. There were lots of things that I felt ashamed with. There's lots of really big stuff that I felt ashamed with. But that shame was so debilitating and I would say to not let that happen. Yeah, it's time to live. Yeah. Time to live and be free. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on today, Tiffany. So can you just let people know where's the best place to come find you? Oh, you can find me on my website, tiffanyjohnson.com.au. Everything is there. The podcast is there. When We Are Brave, all the episodes are on there. And I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. I'm everywhere. She is everywhere. (laughs) And you must, honestly, people, Tiffany's book made me sob snotty rags of tissues because it just touched a a nerve. And if, if you know that, you know, you weren't your best self in your early 20s and perhaps you had that wanderlust, that's a word you used in the book as well, which sounds like it's all free-spirited and happy and carefree. But many times I think that's not the reason young people are traveling. There's something Mm. else going on. So if that was you, you want to go read this book um, and I think it will speak volumes to you. And it's time to be brave. Get out there, get visible, tell people who you are and show up. That's it for today. Absolutely. Thanks, Anna. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. To get your free checklist on how to raise your profile and to find out about our community, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get visible.